Hey, Dylan Kelly here, host of the Wave Break Podcast. Excited to get into this episode, but first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. If you're looking to grow your business, there's only one way, and that is by building real quality customer relationships. Most marketing software will claim they do this, but they never deliver on their promises, and you need to demand more from your marketing software. And that's where Klaviyo comes in. Klaviyo helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers, allowing you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. And that's why 10,000 innovative brands, including all of our clients at Wavebreak, have switched to Klaviyo. Now, What's the secret to building those customer relationships? Tune in to Clavio's Beyond Black Friday docu-series to find out and unlock exact marketing strategies you can use to keep momentum going all year round. Just head over to clavio.com slash beyond BF for more. Link is going to be down in the show notes below. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Waybreak Podcast. So great to have you back. Uh, we're getting to that time of the year. If you're in the East Coast and the Northeast, it's starting to get a little crispy. Starting to feel like a little bit fall, which is great, which means, I mean, I don't even know when the time this episode airs, it might even be like this time of year, but you know, it always kind of heats up a little bit. That could be around the corner. But anyway, if you don't know who the heck I am, my name's Dylan Kelly. I'm the founder of Wavebreak, host of this wonderful podcast. We're over, I mean, dozens and dozens of episodes in at this point with so many great guests and thousands and thousands of downloads. And it's just been, it's been a great ride. Anyway, I'm Dylan. I'm the founder of a company called Wavebreak. And we work with rising e-commerce brands who want to grow. They want to grow from seven to eight figures. They want to grow to eight to nine figures. We help them get there using a little something called email marketing. We'll take over their email marketing marketing, manage it for them, and just turn it into this insanely powerful revenue driver that unlocks more profit and scale in their business. And one of your greatest opportunities for leveraging email to grow your business is coming up. It's right around the corner. It's going to be here before you know it. It's Black Friday. I've been talking about it for months now, I feel like. But here's the deal. I get it. It's a pain in the butt. There's so much going on. You don't know what to do. Uh, what's the email campaign? Oh, there's so many emails. I don't even want to think about it. I'll just do it the week before. No, 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 Don't do that. Start now. You know what? I'm going to make it super easy for you. I put together our Black Friday email marketing checklist. It has all our secrets in it. You can go pick that up at blackfridaychecklist.com for limited time only. And you'll be able to learn the exact Black Friday sequence that we use to drive a ton of sales for our clients. Like you can use this in your own business to drive like six figures, seven figures per day in sales, depending on the size of your business. You can literally just copy and paste these emails into your business, this email sequence. Obviously, you're going to have to like, you know, write the emails to your brand and stuff, um, but you can take the sequence. You don't have to strategize. You don't have to think it up. You're also going to learn the secret ingredient to making your list super engaged on Black Friday to getting open rates higher than the competition and conversion rates the entire holiday season better than anybody else. It's something called priming. And we dive into that in detail. That's section one of it. And you're going to learn everything you need to know to have a killer Black Friday using email marketing. Without it, you're not going to make a lot of money because the majority, 50% or more of your sales on Black Friday are going to come from your existing audience and customer base. It's that easy. It's really that easy. All you got to do is pick up the checklist at blackfridaychecklist.com. Go pick it up. 
It's the most profitable thing you can do for your business today. Seriously, pick up the free checklist, implement it into your business, and like the ROI on that is going to be insane because you literally pay $0 for just a ton, a ton of value. And by the way, if you're enjoying the podcast, after you go download that checklist, tap that subscribe button. Uh, make sure you never miss an episode. we got a lot of great interviews coming out uh, to help you have your best Q4 ever and to finish the year strong. And now, as you guys know, if you've been listening to the podcast, every week on the show, I interview people behind some of the top brands in e-commerce and direct-to-consumer, and I get them to share their secrets. I get them to peel back the curtain, and today is no different. We're going to be talking about the power of positioning. Positioning, what the heck is that? Positioning is the way you communicate your product and your brand to the marketplace. There's a reason why there are premium brands that can charge you know, $1,000 for a t-shirt, and there's a reason why there is the $5 t-shirt. And ultimately, the price between those products to create those products isn't a whole, it's, there's not a big difference there, right? Like we know, seeing companies like Everlane break it down, right? Like designer companies will sell a $6 t-shirt for $50, um, you know, and you can obviously buy, you know, a $5 t-shirt that probably costs a dollar to make, you know, but what's the difference between that company selling the high-end product? Branding and positioning, really. Obviously, they have a higher quality product too, but at the same time, you know, branding and positioning is huge. Um, you know, it's not necessarily the better product wins, it's the better marketing wins. And um, today's guest has both those things. He's a fantastic product and amazing positioning. His name is Scott Uncafer. He's the founder of a company called Just Panella. And what they do, well, actually, I'll let him explain that, but they took a product that's considered low-class and they got it into Whole Foods globally, which is, you know, that's not a low-class store. Um, and he did it in record time. He's done. He did it. He was able to get their product in Whole Foods globally, which is a big deal because normally it takes five years to get into Whole Foods on a global scale, but Scott did it in just a year. And, and if you want to learn exactly how we did it, stay tuned to this episode. He also drops a ton of other bombs, uh, value bombs, that is, good bombs, um, <laughs> in addition to sharing how they got into Whole Foods globally faster than any other brand in the world. So without further ado, thank you so much for coming on the show, Scott. Thank you, Dylan, for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. You have a super interesting business. A lot of things, a lot of moving pieces. We were just talking before we were recording. I guess before we get into that, can you just give us a high-level overview of you know, what your company is, what you sell, and just a quick background? Yeah, we, we, we purchase, package, export, import, Panella cane sugar. Uh, Panella is the name for uh, this art, uh, this artisanal, unrefined, unprocessed, hand cut and kettled cane sugar that it, it, from this this region of South America. Uh, I think it might go into Panama too, but Venezuela, Ecuador, Colombia, they call it Panella. Uh, in in Mexico, you've got Piloncillo. In, in India, you have jaggery, and these are these are their ver, their same versions of the kind of the purest form of cane sugar you can have, the, the most unrefined. There is no refinement and no processing other than evaporating the water out of it and 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 stirring it to turn it into a powder form. Um, so uh, it, it's yeah, it's the, the that's what we do. We purchase, package, and export from here and import to the United States and market it and sell it to our different markets. We we focus on we we focus traditionally on natural foods and grocery. Getting we were quickly probably we were told the fastest ever picked up globally by Whole Foods, um, and 
we so we went we went into that market uh, to get brand and education to the consumer that this is the form of sugar you really should be using. Uh, we used the coffee shops, roasters, and retailers too to handle our sachets, uh, our individual serving size sachets. So also because that's just a great marketing tool. And then now we're we're focused on the ingredient side. We've got a ton of rum distillers and chocolate makers. I was just talking to a kombucha maker who said, "Yep, it came out fantastic." So. We, we are becoming the chosen form of sugarcane and sweetener for what I say are products that are close to the ground because it synergizes with things that are close to the ground, like coffee beans and cacao beans and uh, kombucha and stuff like that. All of that is earthy stuff, and so it really synergizes with other earthy stuff. Got it. Okay, and so this is something that would replace something like Splenda, for example, or like traditional sugar. Yeah, um, you know, the rum distillers, they typically, what they tried to do is they try, and, and the chocolate guys did this too. They tried to get as cheap as possible, and they tried, basically, they tried to use white refined and then and combine it with a molasses to get that panela type character and do it cheaply. Well, it, they, they found, and what we've been told this by the chocolate guys and the rum guys, that it doesn't. When you you they're trying to take the, the 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 two things of sugar, which is the molasses, which is all the good stuff, basically, kind of, and 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 the byproduct, uh, and then the, the the pure sucrose, and recombine them, and it's like, well, wait, why not just use the original form of those things together before they've been molecularly separated out, blah blah blah, processed and all that, because you're 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 trying to you're trying to re re-grab the character that was already there in the beginning anyway. Um, so I, 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 do I do blame big white refined sugar for, for that and, 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 and getting the world to think that that's the right form of sugar cane because it's not. Right. And so then you come in, so you have this product, right? And then you come in and you're like, no, like we're the best version of this. Like how did you – like what was it like trying to get Whole Foods on board? Like how did that happen and like did you have to convince them too at first that like this is the better product or did they kind of know from the start? What was that like? It was, it was, it was, a, it was a wonderful combination of, of hard work and luck. It, you know, we, what we did is we, we – we, like I said, we really focused on the coffee world first. We thought our takeover of the planet world uh, plan is get our sachets into every coffee shop in the world – and then everyone's going to know it and try it and love it and want it and buy it. Um, so we went to Coffee Fest in New York and we were in the new product competition and we won the whole thing. Uh, so we got first prize in that. Then we went to Fancy Foods New York and they, they said, hey, people that want to uh, um, uh, compete in the shelf showdown competition at the show – tell us why. And we said, well, we just won coffee fest. And they said, yep, then you should be in this thing. Well, we, we entered that and I almost won the whole thing. I said something I shouldn't have said, which was, I was asked about the free fair trade stuff. And I really poo pooed it because it kind of deserves to be poo pooed. It's, it's a, it, it's a racket. Uh, and, and I said that and people were people kind of rolled their eyes, but those same people that rolled their eyes were kind of saying that, uh, came to me afterwards and said, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> so it, I'm glad I did too. We got, but we were the only product to get four out of four uh, stars across the entire panel. 
<coughs> on product quality. And the panel judges were Whole Foods people and, and other, other big uh, uh, natural foods people. And so that got us involved. The, the Whole Foods guy came up and said, hey, we're bringing you into the Northeast. And that brought us into a couple, a couple more regions. And by the time we got to like four regions, Global called us up and said, hey, you're not allowed to be in four regions. You're only allowed to be three unless you become a global brand and go everywhere. And, we, and let's do that. Let's go global. So that's how, that's how that happened. Wow, that's awesome. What's the timeline on that? Like from going, because you mentioned before that you're one of the fastest companies to ever do that. What was that timeline? You know, from like getting product to the States um, to going global, probably honestly, like from, from hitting the market to going, so which is kind of a, a, a an amorphous term, to going global, probably a year. Uh, so, so like I said, I mean, it, it, really, uh, really quickly, I've learned, I did never think about the, the grocery world like I do now, which is, it is very much targeted. And if you look at our product, it, 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 we inadvertently targeted it perfectly for Whole Foods. So it, it, it yeah, like I said, it's, it's, uh, um, it, it our, our brokers at the time were like, wow, I, I've never seen something, uh, except be accepted this quickly. So, um, typically it's a five year deal to, to, to get to there. So, wow, that's awesome. Well done. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you're in Whole, Whole Foods Global now. And then you also mentioned that you're in, I mean, you have a bunch of different initiatives going on. You've got everything from coffee, like you mentioned before, to all this other stuff that you've got in the pipeline with the rum guys and the chocolate guys. Um, so like fast forwarding to now, like, can you give me a rundown of like what the business looks like now in terms of, you know, like what kind of markets you're in, what kind of revenue you're doing and like what the team looks like? Uh, sure. I, you know, the team is 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 really 80 percent here in columbia in the states we have our headquarters which 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 i i get up there i'm, I'm getting up there less this right now just because the growth requires me to be here um we did three million dollars uh and and we've got so here in columbia we've got most people uh, and you know we've got about four full-time people in our packaging facility up in Rio Negro, which is just now that the tunnels open is a 15 minute drive from Medellin that, that just opened. It was a 45 minute drive, but uh, that's where our facility, our, 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 our head facility is. Um, that's been a, a, a wonderful non-educated thing that we did is put it up there and non-educated guess. It, it, it's ended up being fantastic. Um, but so, you know, like, like so many entities these days, you've got you've got accountants and other people that are part time and then you've got the full time people. So, yeah, on any given day, I'd say we're 10 people as far as as far as far as kind of full time, if you will. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, did I answer and everything there? Or, I, I threw or, a bunch of questions at you. Um, yeah. The last the last part of it. Uh, no worries on it. Uh, but like um, just like kind of where the business is at now in terms of like, you know, your marketing, who you're targeting in terms of like you have this Whole food stuff. You've got all these rum guys and Coke guys like uh, not rum and Coke guys, uh, <laughs> rum guys. And uh, what was the other one? Chocolate. Uh, chocolate guys. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying rum and Coke. I meant rum and chocolate. It just rolls <laughs> off the tongue. Yeah. Yes. yes uh, Freudian slip. Um, it's well, exactly. So honestly, we're, we're, we're focused, we're focused on that ingredient side now. 
Um, it, it's it, the grocery world. It, the entire industry is designed for product line stuff like Newman's Own or Honest Tea or Hagen Dawes. The whole you really need to have like nine SKUs that sit next to each other in some category for that whole world to work. So we spent our money. We got in there. We should be there. But get, our name is just Panella. That's all we want to do. We don't want to go make simple syrups. We don't want to go make uh, uh, lemonade. Uh, uh, we we want to get the price point for the ingredient of Panella of Panella to get just as low as it can get, so it can have as wide acceptance as it can get. So that's our focus is really just volume and bulk. Now we've got the the packaging's done. It took us years to perfect it, but it's perfected. And now, like I said, we've got we've got these wonderful new guys called Lati L A T E A Lati. They're a bubble tea franchise that are just getting started. They've got a few stores. They're doing everything with our with with Pinella. They love it. It's it's the interesting thing with Pinella is that I kind of touched on it before. Hindus, Southeast Asians, Jewish, Muslims, they it's it's a purist product. And when you talk about all these these old ethnicities, when they find it, they're like, this is what I grew up with. This is what my grandfather grew up with, was this form of sugar. So it, 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 it's really a Western civilization abnormality that we think of sugar as white refined because no other culture does. They all think of this form of sugar as the form of sugar. Uh, the re one of the things that's probably a barrier to bringing it here is it is it is the hardest powder on the planet to package because it's not a crystal and it's not a rock. So it loves to just stick to everything. So it's really really hard. It's 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 so I, I, we are, I always say you know, when when talking about white sugar versus panala, white sugar it's wonderful for machine consumption. It's terrible for human consumption. Panella, terrible for machine consumption. It's a, it is an absolute pain to pack it, but it's wonderful for human consumption. It's a lower glycemic load, uh, so it's it. it, it um, it we you know we've got. I had geez, I had this lady. We 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 get these emails that are fantastic. This lady was. Uh, she had she has a problem consuming sucrose, I think it is that she said, but she's found Panella and she, she's an Amish lady and she, she sells it to her whole Amish community and she basically works for us for free now because she loves it. It has changed her life. Uh, oh, so, wow. yeah, it's, 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 uh, it, it, we get things like this. And uh, like I said, for the Hindu, Hindu communities, buy and send us these emails and like i said the southeast asians and and uh and stuff so um yeah that's kind of that like i said we're, we're just trying to get into every product we can as the sweetener um and 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 we do that by getting our price point down and we get our price point down by moving more and more and more of it so that's that's our focus nice nice and so speaking of like you mentioned like the difficulty of getting you know getting this product packaged i'm just curious like what has been like the number one problem that you face as you've grown this business like is it something like that on the manufacturing side or like what would you say that is the biggest challenges and as far as like over time i would say the the i i'd say the biggest challenge is really that like 
the points of failure. We've had we've had a we've had a lot of product show up damaged to to, to customers on the bulk side in particular, and they get mad at us. And it's like, no, 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 that didn't that didn't come from our phenomenal fulfillment people out of Monroe, Ohio. It didn't we it didn't leave that way. It got to you that way. So something happened there. And 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 so so now we 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 have to educate everyone. We take pictures before it leaves, you take pictures the minute it gets there, that then we have a recourse with the shipper. And we, we now we're packing all of our bulk into big, they're called Gaylord boxes. They're giant cardboard boxes that surround the pallet of of bags. We 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 we've learned we have to do that. Um, we've learned you should see what they do at the Cartagena port. We're exporting powdery substances from Colombia, right? So we we couldn't look more suspicious. It, so you should see what they do to our pallets and our containers at the port. They basically disassembled the entire things, and then do their sampling and testing, and then reassemble them to make sure we're oh, not. Oh man! Yeah. So it's. It's it's really just points of failure and safeguards for, like I said, for that for product loss, product damage. That's something that, it, that that's something. And you know, the other thing is we got the organic certification. And while it's like it couldn't, it's like, hey guys, it couldn't be easier. We're one ingredient. We're one thing. There's one thing that goes in and out of our bodega our facility. It's not like a chocolate bar, right? That, or, or an organic, even potato chip that's got seven ingredients. It's one. So, you, so you, so the organic guys are like, hey, you're small and and you're easy. But them coming, they taught us a ton about product, like I mean, hygiene, cleanliness, and like a lot of stuff about uh, uh, just the proper way of being a food manufacturer that, that we didn't know. We jumped into this thing. And, and like I said, there's some stuff trial by fire, but we got a good, we got really, the, the organic cert guys are great. You learn a lot that you're like, oh, this really doesn't have anything to do with organic cert. But, and they're like, yeah, we know. Our job is really to teach you to be a proper food manufacturer too. And so that's been cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, what do you, how do you deal with the process of like, so like these customers, are they like end customers who like buy a single product who get like the damaged packaging? No, no, that's the bulk stuff. That, 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 that. Okay. Yeah, the damage really, it, sometimes some, on like individual online orders, UPS will leave a bag or a case of product out in 95 degree heat in the middle, in, in the sun. I mean, that'll, that'll happen. But um, right. no, that 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 it, it, that doesn't happen in the grocery world. Um, it, 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 that doesn't it, in that whole distribution chain. That it, it doesn't happen. It, it it happens, like I said, on the bulk uh, ingredient, um, and and uh, like it's sometimes with online stuff. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a huge pain to deal with because it's like a lot of it's out of your control. Like you can't control how these people are, you know, investing in your product, you know, at, at customs or whatever versus how they're handling it to get to where it needs to go. So like, what are, what are some of the things you kind of touch on this a little bit? But what are some of the things that you've done to, to overcome that problem? Um, well, like I said, we're just, we, we're as vigilant as we can be. Um, and we, whenever, wherever the product's coming from and going, we always, we always communicate with 
the, the, the seaboard marine guys at the port in Miami, we communicate with the transloader and Doral. We, we, we say, hey, everyone, you guys take pictures the minute it gets there because then we know where any sort of corruption occurred. So, so just just communicating with everybody on every step of the supply chain that to 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 do to do this and get them on your team so 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 that you can you have recourse because what the shippers will say well it's been there for three days and you didn't say anything the minute it got there so you're screwed uh, so th- uh, that um, it, yeah that and and also just kind of just being a human being with people and like. And, and with customers and just, like I guess put, put making putting them on your same team, saying, hey, like, the, you, you always get to this place where, like, well, who's going to pay for shipping? Uh, it's coming from Ohio. It's going to Oregon. That's going to cost way more than it should. I say, look, this is what I always do. We do shipping 50-50. You pay half. I pay half. Then no one can be mad at anyone. And 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 uh, uh, if stuff gets damaged, I, I, you, give it, you give it away for free. Uh, and, uh, and you, and you, and that's how you get new accounts. Um, we've got a, a beautiful, uh, set of organic supermarkets and, and they've got a huge, huge amount of food service in them too. They're called good earth naturals. Their whole thing. They are so cool. Their whole thing is everything in this store is organic certified. There's not one thing in the store. Well, the one thing that wasn't was their sugar. And they do, like I said, a huge amount of food prep, food service too. So um, they found us. We've been we've been working hard to. It's, it gets tricky in the grocery world because there's you, there's distributors, and then there's the buyers, the retailers. So you've got three cooks in the kitchen, and it it feels from our side that we are we're the ones that always get blamed if stuff doesn't show up on time, if stuff gets stuff gets damaged. So you you put the you, you talk to the distributors, you make them your friends, you talk even though they're the ones handing your product over to the 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 the, the grocer, you make sure you know the buyer and the, the category guy uh, uh, there as well. So you can you can so you can go direct when you need to. So you can remove cooks in the kitchen and and just solve problems that way with each other. Uh, it, you are inevitably partners with everyone. You are not, there's no, it's not buyers and sellers. Whether you want to be or not, everyone is your partner in this. I like it. I like it. But yeah, that's really interesting. You know, I mean, it's a problem that's almost completely out of your control. So it's interesting to see your take on it. I like the human aspect that you take to it. You know, it's just like, let's just do the right thing. Um, You know, I think that goes a long way in business. Like a lot of people think like, you know, it's like they nickel and dime everything and then they end up nickel and diming themselves out of, you know, growth just by doing the right thing. Cause if you do the right thing, like, you know, that, that, that'll come back to you. Like you said, in terms of like referrals and just organic growth that you couldn't have had any other way. It, well, and, and, and as, as the manufacturer, you can afford to be altruistic. You can afford to look good and be good and be nice. I, I understand that distributors, man, they, they've got it rough and no one thanks them. Uh, and and so I make it a point to like at Christmas time I send those guys presents and I send the guys at the port presents too that 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 work for Seaboard Marine and get our get our get our containers con- transported out off sea and onto land like I send a, I send all those guys gifts 
Um, it, it's just being a distributor is really, really hard. People don't want to do it. No one wants to give you money be, to grow because every dollar they give you goes into brake pads and radiators. It's not. It's a. It's a, it's it's an unforgiving, unthanking business. So you gotta. It's it's yeah. It's it, it's it's easier for me than it is for them. That's for sure. Um, and be, and being a retailer is hard as hell too. I've I've got the easiest job in in in, in the three parts. I'd say. Right, and it's still hard. <laughs> and it's oh, oh, and it's still real hard. Yep, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know that's the one thing they don't tell you in the beginning. It's like, oh, jokes on you. None of it's easy. <laughs> yeah, right. I love it. Awesome. Looking back, as we start to wrap up here, like looking back on the business, I'm curious. Like, is there anything? Knowing what you know now, is there anything that you might do differently, or go back and like switch things up, or would you totally just you know? Let's just do the same thing. You know, we learn from mistakes, so on and so forth. Like, what's, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, the biggest mistake I made is I built, I, I bought a, a, a piece of crap Chinese sachet machine. I didn't think it mattered. Everything else I accidentally bought well, and it was Taiwanese, and it was and, it, and it's wonderful. Um, I was rushed, and I didn't know anything about. Even though I can't, I come from an engineering background, software though. I I, I did not. I knew nothing of it, and here I am buying the, the worst possible machine I could to pa- micro-package the most difficult powder on the planet to pa- package, and that has been an absolute nightmare. I should have, I, sh- I, 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 uh, I, 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 luckily everything, the, everything else I bought, I bought from a company in the States that they did know and they guided me the right way. This this thing I bought down here from a company here that just wanted my dollar. And they and and, and so it's it's stuff like that you run into where it, it, it it's hard. But I, I would say as far as like doing different I wouldn't have bought that machine. I would have, I would have uh, consulted someone and had them make this this the decision. It's sort of a thing where you you find out what these pack these 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 people that sell you packaging uh, equipment and machinery. You've got engineers there, and then you got the sales guys, and the sales guys know just a tad bit more than you, which is nothing. And then and but but they're trying to make sales. Go just tell them to get out of the way and go collect their commission when they do. Go talk to the engineer and tell him, dude, I'm putting my life in your hands. You make all the decisions. What do you advise me to do? Because I, I like I, the, on the other stuff, the sales guy had me going down one road. I go and talk to the engineer who happens to be a Cuban American. And by the way, there's a ton of Panola in Cuba too. He's like, dude, I, I, I've worked on this stuff my whole life. He's like, go over here and buy this stuff. And so luckily I listened to him and did that for two thirds of what I own. And then one third, I, I, I just was in a hurry and I didn't get, I didn't talk to the engineers and the sales guy sold me the wrong thing. And it's been a nightmare since, and it's going to be a, a 15, $20,000 nightmare. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. And I think there's a lesson in there for everybody. You know, not everybody listening to this show is, is necessarily buying that equipment, but I mean, it's like you cheap out or, you know, you, you don't do the research. You don't talk to the right people you know, that's what could happen. You got to be really careful, especially when you, you know, you're in the early stages of the business. Like I imagine you were then, and you know, you're, you're getting things off the ground. It's like every dollar counts. So you got to be really careful. Yeah. And, and there's times you feel like you're in a hurry and you shouldn't be, you know, we do some third party contract packaging for other people that take this product and, 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 and combine it with cacao powder and ship it to Kuwait. 
and we do we we it's, so it's like now I'm I, I was the student and now I'm the master and I see these these people come to me and we're like yeah we've got some free production time we could we could do this little project for you and they and I see them going and being in a hurry and trying to stick. 1,000 pounds of product onto a pallet to stick on an airplane to fly over because they just think it needs to be there right now. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Stick it on a ship because everything else you're going to do in the future is going to go on, on, on the ocean. It doesn't have to be there right now. Um, listen to me. Yes, we had a miscommunication and we made a mistake here. But guess what? Everything's fixable. And it, 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 it's, yeah, there's, there, there's, uh, yeah. So I, I think, I think that's, if there's a lesson in there for everyone, you know, it, it's, uh, things are fixable. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. We did. I put the wrong barcode on 25,000 bags. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh man and so that sounds like one of my like one of my bad dreams yeah like, so I, I do stuff like that it's like oh oh and then the, the, there so there are these things that that you're on the dark side of the moon on like that that you kind of can't take back so so luckily we caught it before it left uh uh, uh here it left the factory and we had our wonderful wonderful team hey Here's 25,000 thermal labels with the right barcode on them. Go stick, go unpack all those bags and stick this one on there. <laughs> so there's, there's, it's trial by fire though. You know, the, yeah, it, being educated is, is wonderful, but there's a lot of trial by fire that, that happens in doing and embarking on something like this. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I love that motto though. Everything is fixable. Yeah. Um, Cause I feel like it's like you have that first problem and you're like, Oh man, it's like you just start to dread the future problems before they happen. But like you can get down that winding road in your mind. Like our imagination's crazy. Like before you know it, our company's bankrupt and we're in like this massive debt. Like after it's just like, you know, something like that. It's like, Oh no, all the labels are wrong. It's like, Oh no, we're going to go back. Like you just get down this story where it's like all of a sudden the business is just completely wiped out. But like the reality is actually everything's fixable. You're going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I love it. So as we start to wrap up here, do you have any closing thoughts or words of advice to end on? Um, as far as other people um, getting into the, this, this food world, you know, I, I would say the toughest lessons I've learned are in the, on the grocery side. There's 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 a lot of wolves on that side of the business, and there's a lot of people that that like my product is special to me, and it's different from every other product. Well, from the distributor to the category manager's uh, uh, point of view, no, it's not. We 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 wanted we thought again we thought our takeover the world plan is get get our get our one pound bags on the shelf and get our sachets and all in the coffee shops of which there is one in virtually every natural foods grocery store in the world, right? Get it there, get the people to put it in the coffee there, they'll walk in the sugar, all the buy it. The, the, there's no one in uh, from the distributor to the retailer who has the interest in making that happen. Because like I said, hey, I'm a category buyer for the baking aisle, which is where sweeteners are. I don't care. By the way, the coffee shop is owned by a completely different company. It isn't even owned by Whole Foods or, or, or Joe's Natural Food Store. It's owned by a coffee business. So you, you, you get treated like everyone else and you think you're special. And it, it even happens with the food brokers. And they'll just, 
they'll, they'll, they, and, and so no one knows your product like you, no one can sell your product like you. And, and, um, you gotta, yeah, you gotta realize that, that that world's going to treat you like you're not special and they just want you to be another unit at, uh, in their another line item on, on their inventory list. So, um, you know, b battle that and and know it and uh, make sure your food brokers are actually on your side and not trying to save their face because they know they're going to work with that distributor for their whole life or that retailer for their whole life. So even though you're paying them, they're good ones will will be on your side in controversy bad ones will throw you under the bus love it that's a great piece of advice to end on thanks so much for coming on the show scott before we completely sign up for the podcast where can we go to learn more about you and, and what you're doing at just panella um i would i would say our website uh is the best place and feel and and, and anyone you know I, when i've done these interviews before people have personally contacted me uh, and I and I welcome that. I'm I'm happy to people that like. Gee, I found this other uh, this other product in Peru. I want to do the same thing. Can you give me advice? That type of stuff. You feel free to email me at, at scott at justpanella.com or or info at just justpanella.com and uh, uh, ask me anything. Love it. Awesome. I'll link that up down in the show notes below. Go check it out if you're interested in learning more. Uh, really interesting stuff. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Scott. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Dylan, for the, for the opportunity. I, I really appreciate it too. Now, listener, before I sign off, stop me if this sounds familiar. Your email marketing is stuck. You feel like you could be doing email better. You're not generating enough email revenue, and you feel like you're leaving money on the table. But you don't have the time to figure email out yourself or, or do it on your own because you have a business to run. Imagine this. Imagine not having to worry about leaving money on the table with your email marketing. Imagine not having to figure out what to send, when to send it, how many emails should look, what automation you need, what segments you need, how often you should be contacting your email list, or just worrying about sending the next email. You don't have to worry about any of that. Imagine having peace of mind knowing that your email marketing is generating sales in good hands. At Wavebreak, we help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. That's it. We don't do anything else. And we've created a system called the Wavebreak Method that, number one, makes you less dependent on Facebook or other marketing channels. Let's say something bad happens. Facebook says, see you later, Shopify store, and they just completely kill your ad traffic overnight. You, you don't have to worry. You don't have to stress because you're good to go because you have a cushion of email revenue. You don't have to worry about how or, or what, what your wife is going to do or if you're going to be able to make rent or if you're going to be able to pay people because you have this cushion of email revenue to rely on. Number two, the second thing this does is huge and it's how stores scale from seven figures to eight figures to nine figures. And the secret is repeat purchases. The Waybreak method gets rid of one-time buyers and increases repeat orders. Number three, it keeps your email list engaged. You don't have to worry about Black Friday and beyond. We'll figure out the ideal amount of times that your list needs to be contacted to maximize revenue, and then we'll execute it for you. If you want to learn more about this system and how we can work together to apply it to your business, go to wavebreak.co to schedule a call with me. 
and I'll personally send you my calendar link and we can chat one-on-one. Now, I don't have unlimited time to do these calls. I can only do a couple of them per week. So if you want to get your call, uh, go sign up at wavebreak.co for it as soon as possible and we can talk about how we can work together. Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the show on iTunes to get notified of new episodes as soon as they drop. 